This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 75. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now, your host, Kristen Trumpy. Hey, welcome. I'm doing a little experiment, as I mentioned in episode 74 already. So, additionally to the regular episodes, I plan to do three reflection episodes just to see whether you and I enjoy them. The idea is simple. Reflection is a crucial but often neglected part of learning. We are so preoccupied with consuming information that it's easy to jump from one piece to the next without considering how knowledge could and should impact us. So I will look back on an episode we did in the past and talk about how it impacted me, what I learned and what I still haven't mastered quite yet. By talking about specific examples from daily life, I hope to stimulate those of you who struggle to translate concepts into actions that you can actually try out. I also want to encourage you to trust in the value of your own thoughts and reflections. These episodes are a bit more focused on me than usual. And this is because I can, of course, not reflect about your concrete examples. However, if any of you would like to be part of a reflection episode, I would be absolutely stoked to have you on. You don't have to be a specialist to come on the podcast. If you listen to an episode or two and you actually applied it, you tried it out in real life, I absolutely want to hear from you. Send me an email, give me a tweet, whatever it is, go for it. And last but not least, I also hope to shed light on some older episodes, which are just as relevant now as they were back in 2014. So the passion episode, here's an ultra short recap of the interview with my friend Susanna Hallinan, known as the happyologist. So Passion is not a freaking Pokemon that has to be chased and trapped. Now, obviously, we didn't know about Pokemon Go back then. That's my summary today, all right? Instead, it's an energy that results very naturally when we live in accordance with the following five principles. Be the authentic you. Find your why. Master the art of learning. Connect with your tribe. And play with your strengths. Now, in general, I would say I'm pretty good with passion. It's something that is always present in my life. Sometimes it's flickering on a low flame and sometimes it turns into a kind of obsession that will make me lock myself into the toilet at work and practice hip-hop moves during my break. However, I find this is a very boring way to think about anything. Do I do it? Yes or no. Is this useful? Yes or no. This is stupid. You know, that, that's not a very challenging way to think about it. It's a very superficial way to think about concepts and to think about the world. So limiting a topic to a simple yes or no makes us miss out big time. Rather, how about ranking the principles that Susanna mentioned? Ranking leads us to think more deeply about things because we have to compare and contrast to find examples. Here's what I mean. In my ranking of the five principles, number one is master the art of learning. 
audiobooks, podcasts, classes on and offline, conferences, and travel are all obsessions of mine. At least partially responsible for my failing to save money like other good Swiss citizens. And what I have learned, though, is that one point is crucial to keep the passionate energy flowing. It's deeply important to me to learn about things which are not directly related to work. I don't know why that is. I don't care. What is important is that I have figured this out myself and whenever I ignore this truth, I usually tend up feeling a little bit burned out. So as much as I love positive psychology, learning about things that interest me outside of psychology is really invigorating. If I only do functional learning for a defined purpose, I lose some of my zest. Then number two in the ranking, find your why. I am blessed and cursed in this department. I think the last time I was unclear about meaning and my purpose in life was either in 2005 or 2008. I can't remember precisely. However, I'm a bit cursed because nothing inside of me will budge unless I see why we're doing what we're doing. So unless I get really clear about absolutely everything, there is mountains of resistance, procrastination, and quite possibly disobedience. Number three, play with your strengths. Now, Susanna in her wisdom made an absolutely crucial distinction. She didn't write, use your strengths. No, she said play. I have been feeling low on energy for months until about May 2016. So what changed that? I think it's several factors, but the turning point was taking a humor writing class. Why has it made all the difference? Well, I suspect we can, to a certain degree, even get used to using our strengths if we do it the same way every day. Now, I advocate implementing habits to employ our strengths. However, by mixing it up, we can infuse some much energy, needed energy, into our day. Also, the humor writing class gave me more bang for my buck, so to speak. It employed my joy of learning, my curiosity, my sense of playfulness, creativity, and my joy of expression through writing. If you can combine three or more strengths into one activity, it might be even more potent than regular strengths use has already been known to be. So, if not one, if you can't combine, what I'm trying to say is if you can't combine several, one is better than none, but always try to get Pack in as many strengths as you can into an activity. Number four, be the authentic you. I have prioritized the space to say what I think is true at any given moment for years and years. This means even as I go to work at the bank, I don't leave my soul at home. But I'm myself in all my t-shirt and hoodie jeans glory. I also speak truth to power, as the Quakers would say. However, what I struggle with is that all the softer parts of me, I don't feel free to express them as clearly as I would like. I am more affectionate than is normal in my culture, and sometimes I find that hard to deal with, and it can stifle my passion, and quite frankly, I haven't found a good solution to that just yet. Number five, connect with your tribe. 
I do this, but not frequently enough. People I consider in my tribe are mainly people I studied with at the positive psychology when I met my master's. Uh, so while I love my old friends, they're not on the same path as I am. And so for me, I identified this as something that I want to change. Because of that, I will volunteer at TEDx, at a digital festival, and at a social entrepreneur event if they all accept my application. And my goal is to connect with people who not only think about the future, but actively do something to shape it in a desirable way. As I go forward, it's also important that I don't just focus on deficits, meaning that I pour all my energy into connecting with my tribe and neglecting everything else. Furthermore, I've noticed that systems we try to impose on ourselves are often static and they lack variety. So to me, it's important to remain open-minded and take things in waves. I can't just keep taking writing classes, for example, and accept the same positive effects every time. As the wonderful author Liz Gilbert likes to point out, I feel that we feel we have to trust those whisperings that say, I wonder what would happen if I took up drawing right now. If we don't have time for that, we don't have time for passion. That's why I like to take the time and it doesn't just magically fall into my lap. I make time for even the weirdest, most random inklings because respecting those impulses lets my passion flow through me and keeps me going with all the work that I have to do. So think about that the next time you say, oh, I don't have passion for drawing or making art or something. Think about it in a way that what if I gave myself to passion a little bit more? Is it possible that everything else I do with in my life would be infused with a more zesty energy? And if that would be the case, wouldn't it be worth it to draw a bit? It doesn't have to be long. 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day while you're waiting. That's not too much to ask. So if you like this, I suggest you check out episode 8, where Susanna Hallen explains her theory of passion in more detail. Now, wherever you go, please make some time in your life for passionate way of living. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt. <laughs>